welcome back to Freedom by Design. My name is Chris and I am the owner and creative director at Femme Collective Studio. So thanks so much for taking time out of your day today. Per usual, I do not edit this podcast, so you'll hear intro music and outro music. Everything else is off the cuff. So today I wanted to talk to you about anxiety on sales calls. I had mentioned this, I think at least once, maybe twice in previous episodes, and the feedback I got was insane. It's also something that I help coach women through all the time on our mentorship calls, so it just kind of seems like the natural progression of the day today because I've had seven calls so far. So right now it is 3.12 p.m., and you know I launch a pod every single Wednesday, so we are really, really coming in hot (laughs) right at the last second today. Um, But I've been on sales calls all day. So it just seemed like a natural thing to talk about. So when I first started out, I was mortified of sales calls. I had worked in marketing before. I had worked retail before. So I've I've been in sales-esque roles before. But the idea of hopping on a call with a stranger was already terrifying, okay? Then on top of it, if I don't make that sale, I don't make any money, right? (laughs) So now that I'm, it was something about, you know, if you mess up a call for an employer, it's not the end of the world. It's still a big deal, but it's not the end all be all because that's not what was tying, you know, I I don't know how to explain this because I cared very much about messing up calls before, but it wasn't my direct source of income. Does that make sense? I could still count on a reliable paycheck. Now, if I'm not making the sales, nobody else is doing it for me. So I absolutely need to be making sales for my business. So I had to figure out a way real quick to get not over my anxiety, but to acknowledge it and push through, right? So it's it's still maintaining that fear, still being um, still being anxious of it, but just being able to have tools at my disposal to make it okay until finally after, you know, I would say I started easing up a little bit after my 15th ish call somewhere around there. So it does get better. And then now I don't have any anxiety at all. And and I mean that very honestly, it's very rare for me to be anxious or fearful, um, nervous in any way before sales calls now, because I've just established the system for myself and what worked for me. So what I'm going to do is kind of go through my list of what I have learned over the years and tricks that I put into place to kind of ease my anxiety and ease their anxiety as well, right? Because the people that you're hopping on a call with are about to drop lots of money and they want to make sure that they're finding the right fit. So chances are they're nervous as well. It feels almost interviewish in a way. So let's, let's kind of dive into that. So the first thing I'd say is just don't the, the biggest mistake I made was trying to ignore my anxiety, try to ignore my nerves about it, because you'll hear many other mentors out there saying, we'll just get over it. The only way to get over it is to do it, or the only way to get over it is practice, practice, practice. And sure, 
Did doing more calls help alleviate my stress around it? Absolutely. Did practicing and getting more proficient help? Of course. But that's not what got me to be able to get to the point where I could actually start doing the calls. Because when I first started out, I refused to do sales calls. Refused. So it was more of like I would email someone back and forth. And then at one point I was thinking, okay, well, that's way too much work. Let me just send them a welcome guide and a pricing guide. And if they liked all of that and wanted to book me, perfect. If not, fine. Um, And that was rough. And did I make sales that way? Sure. Yes. So if you are absolutely not at a place where you feel comfortable hopping on calls yet, that's okay. I do recommend that you listen to the rest of this episode just to see if there's anything you can put into place to to at least alleviate some of that a little bit or acknowledge the nerves but still be able to work through it because it will make a huge difference in your business. So again, the first step I took was not to ignore my anxiety or nerves around it. It was to address it directly. It was, am I anxious about this? Yes. Am I nervous to meet this person? Yes. Is, is, is not hopping on this call potentially going to lose me their business? Yes. And it wasn't, I wouldn't say that I pressured myself into it whatsoever. It was more of taking a step back, taking a breath and realizing what is the worst case scenario? The very worst case scenario. I'm a kind person, so I'm not, I know that the worst case scenario isn't going to be them hopping off the call mad at me or, um, or that I've offended them or something like that. That's too dramatic. That's not what reality is. Worst case scenario was they didn't book the service, right? They didn't want to move forward. And then I thought about, well, even if the sales call goes flawlessly and we are head over heels for each other and I know I can take their business to the next level and I know that I can help them and they know that I can help them and they know I'm a perfect fit, but, 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 but my services are not affordable to them right now. Well, so even if the sales call goes flawlessly, I could still lose the sale. Does that make sense? So it was kind of just gradually understanding that, I, sure, I could put all this pressure onto it of if I fail this sales call, I fail everything, and then my business is going to fail. And, and these are the things, you know, the stories I would tell myself in the beginning, um, which were very unhealthy, but just the reality of the situation. You know, this is my only source of income now. I'm full-time in my business. If I don't make this sale, then I it puts that much more pressure on making the next sale, right? So that's what I was telling myself. But once I started to realize that even if the call went perfectly, even if I didn't make any mistakes, even if I didn't stumble over my words and we connected on a deep, deep level, they could still say no. So that took the pressure off of needing to make this perfect pitch or needing to, 
um, needing to do the call flawlessly because even if it was flawless, it could still not work out. All right. So that was kind of the first step I took, um, was just acknowledging that I was anxious about it, acknowledging that I was, you know, not in a good headspace about it, but that even if I did do it perfectly, they could still just not feel like I'm the right fit. Maybe they're price shopping. So it took the pressure off of me and put it on, if it doesn't work out, then they weren't the right fit to begin with. Okay. A perfect example of that. So many of our clients at Femme are hard, hard working mamas, right? We have these mamas hopping on calls with us, breastfeeding their children or running around the house trying to do laundry trying to clean multitasking on their phone doing all the things right because women are freaking amazing and can do it all so that just showed me that they're showing up as their authentic selves on the call right so I just need to be showing up as my authentic self. If I'm tripping over my words, so be it. That's reality. That makes me human. I don't like purchasing from places that feel stale to me, that feel too perfect. I want that human element, right? When we, when Ben and I were looking for a photographer for our engagement shoot and our wedding shoot, we knew that we needed someone that could sit with us in our emotion, could sit with us in our imperfections, and could see our authentic love, right? As corny as that may all sound, it's the same thing when people are reaching out to my business. They just want to know I'm human. So I needed to stop putting so much pressure on perfection. All right, that was kind of my step one. My step two was... I'm just going to, I'm going to walk you through all the steps and, and dive in where I can here. So do your research was the next step I took. So it was, I was thinking about how can I make this a little bit less stressful on me? It was getting to know them really well beforehand. So I felt more as if I was talking to a friend or at least someone that I knew or had met once. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't just at random. So there are a couple things I did to make sure I was researching. First thing, I made sure that when I was developing my scheduler, so where my audience goes to book calls with me, I made sure that they were not able to book the call the day of, or even the day prior. So even still to this day, we have a two-day out um, situation so that I have time to be able to process who they are as a person, who they're, or at least get, you know, the general gist. How well can you really know someone by looking at their Instagram? Am I right? But I just mean it allowed me to know their name without having to look at a piece of paper. It allowed me to, to try to see into the heart of their business as best as possible, to learn more about their pain points. It just gave me that buffer I needed to not feel the sense of urgency, for one. And two, it allowed me to get to know them just enough to take the nerves off. 
Okay, so that's what I did. I made sure that people can't book day of or even the day before. They need to book two days in advance to give me enough time to research. The other thing was I made sure to um, to include when they're filling out, I, I guess when they, when they go to our website and they're filling out the scheduler to set the call, I added a form in there as well that asked them several probing questions. Um, probing sounded really aggressive. <laughs> I just meant, um, it asked them some questions about maybe what the biggest pain points are in their business right now, or the biggest pain point. Um, are they, are they reaching out because they're looking for an expert? Are they price shopping? Are they, um, are we the, are, do they know that we're the designer for them? So you can have drop down questions asking that. And that kind of reframes the topic as well. Because nowadays when we're having potential clients reach out to us, it's because they follow us, they know us, they're a part of our community, they love our work, they love the people we've worked with, they love what we stand for, our morals, our ethics, all of it. So I know that they're reaching out to us, a luxury design studio, because they've done their research of us already. So when they fill out the form, nine times out of 10, they're saying, I'm looking for you. I'm not looking at anyone else. I want to make this work. Let's, I'm, you know, I've been saving up for this. That's kind of our ideal client. And so that helped take my nerves away too, understanding that they loved our work. Um, and then for those that say I'm price shopping, we know pretty much right off the bat that we're not for them just because we can't provide the best value to them if it's a race to the cheapest price, right? They're going to be able to find someone that's well within their price range. Um, and that's perfectly fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with that, but you can see how I would set up the call a little bit differently. So if there, if it was someone that was on the fence, um, about the process or maybe they're anxious, I could come to it from more of a nurturing perspective. We are here to make this as seamless for you as possible. And then someone that's saying like singing your praises saying, I, you know, I've been dying to work with you for two years. I hop on that call being like, let's make this happen. We are so excited for you. See, it's a, it's a totally different energy. So just knowing as much about them as possible before the call will help tremendously. All right. The next step that I took, I'm trying to think back to when I first started. So I guess the next step that I took was building a script. So I should have specified this way sooner. I apologize. Um, But originally, I was doing sales calls on the phone. So originally, it was just let's hop on a call um, and talk through some stuff. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. However, I noticed when I finally made the switch from phone call to video call, our conversions, if I can get someone on a call and they're, and we know they're a perfect fit, we can basically land that, that client. And I'm not saying that to brag whatsoever. It's just, I'm hoping that you can implement some of the things I'm saying in this episode to do the same thing, but I'm getting off topic. So 
phone calls, if you're doing a phone call, you can absolutely have a script written out. All right. Um, I, you'll hear people say, and I've heard this before, you know, having a script makes you feel stiff. Does it? Sure. Absolutely. But that might be the little step you need to start making calls in the first place. And if that's the step that you need to take to make it work for you, screw what everybody else is saying and do what works for you. Because I guarantee you'll be booking more clients, hopping on the phone, than not talking to them at all, right? Than just doing it through DM or through email, okay? So do whatever step you need to. And if this is a a baby step that you need to take, don't feel any guilt about that. Don't let other people make you feel guilty about that. The clients never need to know that you're reading off a script. And what I would recommend doing is, this sounds silly, but... Either call your partner, call a friend, um, and read through that script with them so that you start to get to know the general gist and the layout of the call. Um, The other thing that you can do is just use a record button on your phone. um, Or you can use Otter is another one. O-T-T-E-R is um, a free app that you can just voice record into. I use it all the time. Love it, love it. Um, and it will actually transcribe things for you too, which is really cool. Anyway, um, so if you're even too afraid to kind of go through it with your partner or go through it with a family member or a loved one, that's okay too. Then why don't you take the step to just write out your script and go through it a couple times on voice record and then listen back to yourself. That way nobody around you has to hear it. You don't have to be embarrassed. It will feel awkward. Just kind of like, you know, the first few episodes of this podcast felt really awkward to me because I'm in a room by myself or with my two dogs um, and no one else. And I'm just talking into this microphone, right? But now it's a lot more comfortable. So take that first step. And then if you're too afraid of sounding too stiff, um, then I would recommend reducing it down into bullet points and topics to cover. And then the good thing about starting with a script, though, is that you can really think through almost like writing an essay, right? You can think through the structure that you want to have on the call to make it as effective and smooth as possible. So by the time you're done practicing, you know when you're hopping on that call that you're going to be able to to smoothly direct them through your process, learning about their business, learning about their pain points, how you can help alleviate them, the timeline of your particular project or whatever. You see what I'm saying. So once you get that down, then try hopping on an actual call. Now, what the kind of the next step I took when I was ready to hop on video calls was instead of a script, because I, I honestly, I used a, like I used a straight script. I mean, reading word for word, which was very awkward. Um, but I got through it and I, and I got used to things. Um, but that's the level of anxiety I was dealing with you guys. You might not have that, but I just needed a small step in the right direction to start. Right. Um, but then when I was ready to go to video calls and I felt a lot more confident, what I did was I had a list of questions to ask them. 
Now it's on a video call so they can see me looking down. So I did one call like that and I thought, okay, how can I make this experience smoother and better for them? And then it hit me and it seemed so obvious. Send them the list of questions I'm going to be asking them. Remember who these people are, you guys. They're coming to you for a service. If you're pricing appropriately, your ser- your service is most likely an investment, right? Especially if you're a designer. So that being said, your audience is coming to you most likely pretty nervous, right? They They either haven't been through this process before, they haven't hired a designer, maybe they have and were burned, which is the worst. I hate hearing stories like that. Um, And we just want to hug them and let them know that they're loved and we'll take care of them. But you don't know where they're really coming from. But anytime, it's almost like a blind date, right? Anytime that you're kind of meeting someone out of the blue, it's nerve wracking on both ends. So I thought, okay, well, I keep making this about me and alleviating my anxiety, but they have anxiety too, or, or at least some form of nerves going into this most likely. And they want to make sure that they're covering everything and um, what's going through their head. And I know this from talking to hundreds of um, of my girls that I've been on calls with and saying, hey, just out of curiosity, you know, is there what were what were you afraid of of missing or um, or covering? And they're like, no, you, you covered everything. Every I'm so shocked. Okay. So what I want you to do is send them when they book your call, you can set it up to auto respond. If you don't have a client management system, this will be a little bit of a pain, but you can set it up as a canned email. And just once you see someone book the call, then you can just forward that email to them. I do recommend having it automated though, if at all possible, but I understand sometimes you're just starting out, right? So in that email, You can have a beautiful PDF if you're a designer and and you're into that. If not, and you want to save time, you can just type it out in the email too. You can say, thank you so much for reaching out and booking this call. I'm so excited to chat with you. Just in case you're someone that likes to know questions going into a conversation, for your convenience, I provided a list of the topics that we'll be addressing below just to make sure that we cover everything and we're giving you as much value as possible for your time. Something like that, right? So then they're not going to think, wow, really? That's super unprofessional. I've never had anyone complain when I've done that in the past. All I ever heard was, thank you so much. This feels a little bit like an interview and And now I have the questions so I can prep beforehand because chances are if they're reaching out to you for brand and web design, whether they've done a DIY or purchased templates or used a designer before, clearly they weren't happy with whatever it was. So they're coming to someone new and trying to find the right fit. So they just want to make sure they're covering everything that they need to cover. So boom, you've solved that. And then what I found was when I hopped on the call with them, I didn't have to be worried about looking down at the paper and taking notes, right? I didn't have to worry about that at all because they were looking at the same piece of paper and they were going through their notes that they've already made before the call. Does that make sense? 
So it's just a really easy way to alleviate, bless you, my dog always sneezes, um, to alleviate stress on your end, but also on their end. All right. Okay. Next tip I would have is don't be someone you're not. I used to think I had to be super extroverted and bubbly. And if I'm not this kind of me at my very best person that I'm not going to quote unquote make the sale, right? So that's just not true. <laughs> um, I, while I do absolutely try to get ready before calls, to look nice before calls, there are many calls that I am in sweatpants or it's like business up top party on the bottom where I'm pantsless and I just don't stand up and pray that there's nothing that requires me to stand up throughout the call. <laughs> Um, that's happened many times and it just, I have not seen a difference in conversions one way or another. And I've been tracking it for years. People just want you to be you. And especially when we are the professionals guiding them through a service like branding and web design, that's their business. That's their baby. That's the first thing people see about their business, their first impression. It's a big deal. So they need to know, even, even more importantly than you appearing super uber professional, they need to know that they connect with you and that you're going to be a friend to them as you're guiding them through this process, right? Because I'm sure that they're scared um, or have some reservations or are just needing some guidance or maybe, you know, they, they know what they want for their imagery, but they're not sure of their color palette. They're just, they're hiring you to be their leader throughout this. So if they don't like you or connect with you, what's the point? You're, you're going to end up with a lot of red flags and it's most likely going to be on you um, if you are not presenting yourself as your authentic self from day one. Does that make sense? I know I went on a tangent there, but just don't try to be someone you're not. If you are a more introverted, calm person, that's fantastic because at the end of the day, you want to attract people that appreciate that about you, right? So for me, I'm a much more laid back, kind of easygoing, nurturing um, person. So I attract people that are high anxiety, that have been burned by, unfortunately, by um, designers in the past, or they just can't quite get anyone to get their vision right. Those are the kind of people I attract because I've worked so hard to be authentic in my messaging, in my web copy, and on my calls as the person that is here to help nurture them, to hold their hand, to guide them throughout the process, to make sure that they're feeling seen, loved, and heard, and and then by the end of the day, when we turn their project over to them, I want them to feel empowered in their business, right? I've said that from day one on this podcast too. So that's the kind of people I attract. Now, I have a designer friend I'm thinking of specifically because I spoke to her today, um, and she's incredibly high energy, very high energy, very much your cheerleader, now she attracts, this is so interesting, she attracts insecure clients. 
And I'm not saying that in a negative way whatsoever. That's her ideal client, right? So mine are very, um, you know, anxious about the process. They've been burned before. They want someone that they can trust and that's going to nurture them. Her clients are really looking for a an emotional cheerleader, someone that is going to be high energy, get them excited and invigorated about the process, make them feel like they're the best thing and um, and get them really excited. So her other ideal clients are people that understand the conversions of getting a professional brand and website but maybe they're not super excited about the design process because they're just like, I'm coming to you because you're the expert and because you know what's going on, um, but I'm not overly thrilled about the design process because I'm not a designer. So she's then able to get them excited about the process. And and by the end, her testimonials look very much like, you know, she was able to Um, She was my number one cheerleader. We just felt like we had a super supportive team behind this. She was able to get me pumped and excited and keep that level of excitement throughout the project, even though I'm not a designer, right? And my testimonials for Femme Collective Studio look like um, Chris and her team were, were kind of a ray of sunshine in the darkness as I was. And I'm like... Um, I'm thinking of a testimonial we got the other day, which made me cry. It was so beautiful, but it was very much like our team was a ray of sunshine because she had been burned twice by other design studios in the past. um, And she was just desperate to find a studio that she could trust and feel empowered by. And she didn't know her her mission for her business and she was trying to figure out her ideal client. And so her testimonial was very much like, appreciative that we were able to hold her hand and and nurture her throughout that process and empower her to be the best in herself and her business and so on. So it's kind of cool to see the two different examples I just gave because when you're your authentic self on your calls, you're going to start attracting your ideal people. All right, so let me try to think through the next step I would go through. I think the next thing I would stress is to keep as much of the focus on them as possible. So in your questions, you would want to be asking, everyone of course is always asking, you know, what would you like for your illustrations? What are you feeling for your color palette? Are you all of that kind of stuff? We leave the actual design to future calls. So if they book Then we have a branding call and then we have a separate web design call um, so that we can address the the nitty gritty details of how they're wanting the design to look. I leave that for later. My entire purpose of the sales call, which I don't even call a sales call to them, I call it a coffee chat Um, and I call it a coffee chat or a design a design chat, whatever you want, just because I want them to feel relaxed throughout the process, right? We tend to attract um, higher anxiety clients. And so I want them to feel like they're just sitting down to have a cup of coffee with a friend. So we have always called it a coffee chat. And 
when they sit down with me, um, my goal is to just keep as much focus on them as possible. So I'll very quickly give a spiel about who I am and then a little bit about my team and how in our experience. And that's it when it comes to talking about the studio. For the rest of the call, it's 100% focused on them. And I'm reading between the lines of, are they anxious? What are they nervous about? Are they stressed about something? Um, I'm just, I'm focused on them, how I can help alleviate any of that stress throughout their call and really diving in deep to the heart of their business. And I don't mean that in a corny way. I mean that in a really real way. So I want to know, why did they start their business? Why are you passionate about it? Because that tells me a lot about who you're attracting as a client for clients, right? And who's, who's going to be good for you as a client so that I have a better idea when it comes to your brand strategy and your web design of who we're trying to attract, right? So it's always reading between the lines. So I'm asking them how they got started in their business. Um, what lights them up about their business? What tears them down or what, what keeps them up at night? You know, what are they sitting there keeping wide awake at night stressing over? Is it pricing? Because they can't, they can't quite seem to book clients at a higher level, which we can easily address with professional branding and web design. Absolutely. Or is it more attracting their ideal client? Are they still not booking their ideal client? Um, Maybe they're a photographer that is booking a lot of family sessions and they want to start transitioning to um, weddings, right? So then I know, okay, we need to make that very clear in their branding and their web design. And I explain that to them on the call. Um, And then another example is maybe they're booking their ideal clients in terms of their client's personality and the style, but they're actually wanting to book more elopement or travel elopement um, services because they're big travel junkies. They want to be traveling as many places as possible. So instead of just um, booking weddings in the Midwest like they have been, they want to be booking all around the world. Well, then I know that we need to completely pivot how they're speaking to their audience in order to start booking, you know, overseas clients or out of country clients. So you can kind of see the strategy behind the call and I'm making it entirely about them. I also bring up the value of the the service itself, right? What is the value of the service? Because... They are either ready to spend the money or they're not. Now, most people don't have a good idea of the time and effort that it takes to um, to create a, a fully custom one-of-a-kind brand and a fully custom one-of-a-kind website, um, brand strategy from scratch. They don't understand the time and the effort that that takes. But what I've learned over doing this hundreds of times is you're not trying to shove the time that it takes or the effort that it takes in their face. That is not what is going to make a sale. They need to know the value of it. Again, this is turning it from 
you know, well, you're trying, how do I explain this? It's turning it from making it about you and, well, we charge this much because of all the time and effort that it takes and we have to buy top line, top of the line computers and programs and I invest in my team through education and, and all of those courses cost money and the experience that we all have. You, see, you can see how that's like me, me, me or we, we, we. That is not the goal. That's not what the client cares about. They care about how is investing in your business going to help me? So you need to turn that on its head and explain to them the true value. I'm not talking about being a slimy salesman. I'm not talking about manipulating them by focusing on their pain points and using scare tactics to get them to buy. That's all disgusting. Please don't do that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we need to focus on the heart of what they're coming to you for and how you can genuinely help their business. Because if you can't and you learn that in the phone call that you can't help their business in the way that you think that you should um, or your standard is, then you need to be turning them away and letting them know why. That's how. That's what I believe. Many people disagree with me on this and always say, try to make the sale. We turn people away all the time. And it's not to be disrespectful. It's just because they're working so hard for their money, just like we're working hard for our money. I am not going to allow someone to invest so much money in my team and my business if I don't feel like I can at least earn their money back right away for them. Does that make sense? I, I want to make sure that we're the perfect fit and that perfect fit means I am able to provide them the value and the, the business changing experience that we stand by. So with all of that spiel in your head, keep the focus on them. Ask them, why are you interested in reaching out to a professional studio for design? And it kind of brings up that, that value topic. So maybe they are tired of DIYing. Maybe they are anxious, like many of my clients are. Um, maybe they aren't booking their ideal clients. And it's more than just saying, okay, well, we, we can absolutely do that for you. We will get you booking your ideal clients right away. That's just trying to make a sale, right? We need to, to be better than that. And this is where many people are going to disagree with me. I just firmly believe in this. And this is how all of our calls go. I just care about at the end of the day, when we hop off the call, have I provided them value? And if they book as a client, how can I help change their life and business? So keep it about them. And that will take a lot of the pressure off of you. If you're ever stumbling over your words or you're not sure or you forgot kind of the flow of the call because you're so invested in the conversation, which happens to me still sometimes, then ask them a question, deflect it back to them, ask them for a clarity um, answer on something. So um, I'm, I'm hearing, I'm so sorry that you, you were burned before. I'm hearing a lot of you know, anxiety around booking a studio and how can I help alleviate that for you? It would, would, and then if they're like, 
they'll either be able to tell you and express it, or they'll be stuck and say, you know, I, I'm, I'm not really sure. I'm just feeling really iffy about it because it is such a big investment. And I just want to be making sure that we're the right fit. And so then I say, I completely understand. Please know if at any time I feel like we're not the right fit, I will be the first to let you know. And at the end of this call, if you're still not feeling it, let me know either on the call or if you're not comfortable doing that, let me know um, in a message saying, you know, I I think I am going to pursue other designers and I will absolutely provide you a list of designers that we highly recommend that may be a better fit for you and you can talk to them as well. Do you know what I mean? So that's, that's again, just showing them you're here to help. You're not here to just take their money. It's so much more than that. That's a pillar of my business. Other businesses will say, make the sales call, keep it short and simple. Don't talk pricing, all of that kind of stuff. I just, I personally don't believe in that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. I know I'm going on a big tangent. I just really believe in that. Okay. Um, and then things to kind of alleviate extra anxiety that I may not have covered yet. Helping alleviate, alleviate anxiety prior to the call, just to reiterate, is making sure they can't book a call the day of, giving you enough time to breathe and do your research. Um, set up canned email responses, letting them know that come to the call relaxed. For example, we have a we have an auto response that says something along the lines of, and you can feel free to use this. Um, it says something along the lines of, um, essentially, here at Fem Collective Studio, we don't believe in intimidating business meetings. You are hard at work day to day, and we want to make sure that we are the perfect fit for each other. So please feel free to come to the call. your authentic self and will promise to do the same whether that means in a full face of makeup if that's how you feel that day um, or a messy top knot and sweatpants feel free to bring your favorite snack and your favorite drink we're here to just have a relaxed conversation um, and get to the heart of your business and how we can help all right so that just kind of sets the standard for the call they know We're not here to interview them. We're not here to drill them. We're not here to be, you know, coming across as pretentious or make them uncomfortable. I'm here to show up as a friend. So, and then little things you can do throughout the call. If you're doing video calls, if the the client or potential client is showing up to the call with a messy top knot, um, and they're, they'll be the first to mention, I'm so sorry. I look this way today. You know, my little one was running around or my little one had a fever all last night. I take a deep breath and I just look at them and I say, you're incredible. I can't believe that you're able to do it all. And you really are. So if I can do anything throughout this process to help alleviate some stress for you, please let me know. And as I'm doing that, I am like, putting my hair in a top knot too because I just want them to feel that connection and I want them to feel like I'm right there with you. I get it. I've been there. I understand 
Um, I've, I've done sleepless nights and still had to show up on calls the next day. And so if they're coming not feeling their best, I see it as my personal responsibility to make sure that they feel empowered and equally as important when they're showing up in a top knot and sweatpants with bags under their eyes as they do when they have a blazer and red lipstick on. Do you know what I mean? So that's how I would approach calls. And that has made me feel so much better because I realized that I'm the one that's setting the tone for the call. And that was a big turning point. I realized I was the one that if I was showing up being super, super, you know, stiff and professional in a blazer and lots of makeup. And then my ideal client is not that person, right? So why am I trying to be that person? My ideal client has a lot of shit going on. She's handling the world on top of everything else and she needs help. And then she's reaching out to me to be the support, to be the leader, to take her hand and make sure she's feeling amazing and comfortable throughout the process. So I'm here to be a lot more of a deeper connection with her than just a formal call. Now, this depends on your ideal client. Your ideal client could be corporations, in which case your calls would look incredibly different. Um, But I'm just sharing my real my real talk, my real journey here. Um, and, and that's, that's where I'm at. So the last thing that I do to kind of, now that I don't struggle with anxiety on sales calls, um, I guess two things. I keep saying sales calls and here's why. It's because I want to be clear on what I'm talking about because technically they are a sales call. But what I do now is I don't even think of them as sales calls. So I'm saying sales calls to be clear to you guys, but on a day-to-day basis, I never call them sales calls. I don't even call them lead calls. I just call them design coffee chats. And it sounds silly, but it's helped reprogram my brain to see them as, to me, and this is a privileged thing to say now that I've worked my butt off to get the the business to where it is now, where we can lose sales if if it's not the right fit and all of that. I get the struggle if you're just starting out. So give me grace in saying this. But now that we're at that point, I don't need to think of it as a sales call. I can, I've restructured it to, to think of it as a value call. Like, how can I help this person today? And that has helped greatly because when it comes to helping people, I'm right there in it. And that gives me the most joy in the world. When it comes to sales calls, it makes me anxious. So just kind of restructuring that in my brain helped a ton. And then my environment. So I have this little ritual that I do before every call. I didn't even know that I did it until I was thinking about doing this podcast today while I was doing all of those calls. And then I realized, wow, this seems a little crazy. (laughs) I didn't even know I did this, but it works. And I've done it from the get-go. So now when I'm about to hop on a sales call, I have this little routine of ways that I can eliminate potential anxiety. So the first thing is I let my dogs out um, because I know in my brain 
if I haven't let them out in the last half hour in my brain, I'm like, well, what if they need to pee? What if they start barking? What if they're fighting with each other? What if, what if, what if? So I thought, okay, well, to alleviate that, I let them out. I let them run around the yard for 15 minutes or however long I can spare that day. Sometimes it's three, sometimes it's 20. Um, But I just, I let them out. At the very least, I know they've peed and then they can come back in. So that's kind of the first step. The second step is I make sure I have something in my hand. As an anxious person and as someone that's naturally fidgety, I move a lot. I move my hands a lot. If I don't have something that I'm holding on to, I'm either like wiping my nose, touching the side of my my eye, like, you know, swiping away, um, you know, the kind of the eyeliner swipe, you know, the one I'm talking about where you swoop your finger underneath your eye to get rid of eyeliner. Yeah, I do that when I'm nervous. Adjusting my hair, that kind of thing, or fidgeting in my seat. So I get a coffee mug. And sometimes I fill it with coffee. Sometimes I fill it with water. It doesn't matter. I just have it and I can sip on it throughout the call and that helps me take a breath if I'm starting to talk too fast or I'm listening to the client and not wanting to just kind of stare them down through the video chat. I take a sip of whatever is in my mug. All right. Um, So that's something I do. It also helps when I have back-to-back calls to do a lap. So to walk around the house once between each call. And I made sure that I have at least 15 minutes between each call and that's automatically done in my scheduler. So they can technically, I call them back-to-back meetings, but there's at least a 15 minute gap between all of them. And that gives me time to let the dogs out if needed, to get more drink, and then to pull up um, the next person's information, right? The next thing I do is I make sure that I have the meeting set to record. So I I should have said this before and I'm sorry. Um, What I do is I have all of my meetings automatically record. I do, of course, let them know that the meeting is being recorded. And then I just let them know um, that it's just so that I don't have to take notes and I can focus on them. That's reality. That's not a lie. That's I don't like taking notes during meetings because it gets me off topic a lot. It's why I don't, I just flow better when I don't have notes and when I don't have to stop and pause and interrupt the client. If the client is on, you know, um, a train of thought, I don't want to have to stop them to ask something. So I just record the call and then I I use Zoom personally. Um, I record the call and then I can go over the call later and take any notes that I need. Um, and I let them know that nobody else is going to see the call except for potentially my team members if there's something important that we need to remember about their project or whatever. And I do that with all of my calls. Every single one of them is recorded. So if I ever need to look back, um, then we're good to go. And and I don't even have to worry about taking notes. So that's another thing that I do. I make sure that the recording feature is set, um, And then I just make sure to have all of their tabs pulled up so that when I go to share my screen, we're good to go. So I make sure that I have Dubsado, which is our client management platform. I've got Dubsado pulled up. I have a client form pulled up automatically um, so that when I go into my spiel, kind of walking them through the process, 
I show them the back end so that, and I don't know anyone else that does this, but it's very important for my dream clients to have seen what the process looks like in person before booking the call. So I go above and beyond. I show them what a client form looks like. I show them where to fill it out, all that stuff. So they just feel super prepared um, about our process. And then more importantly, if they're then talking to multiple other designers, I know nobody else is doing that. So nine times out of 10, they'll come back and say, wow, I did talk to other designers um, and nobody has a process like yours. Nobody's as thorough as you you are. And so that has helped me as well. Um, so I make sure everything is pulled up and ready to go so I'm not wasting time. Um, I know their time is precious and I just try to make it as streamlined as possible. And then the last thing I do is I just head to the bathroom and make sure that I have a hair tie and, you know, I, I'm not, if I'm wearing yesterday's makeup, just making sure my raccoon eyes are gone, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, that's my little, my little ritual beforehand. And then the last thing is I light my favorite candle. So smells are the number one thing that triggers memories in people, just in human beings in general. So smell is super important. Um, So I recommend if you have a favorite candle that relaxes you, that you associate with happy things, and it's just much harder to be nervous when your environment is set up properly. Um, So I just light the same candle before every single call. Even if it's a call with a friend, I still do it. Um, I go through many of these candles, as you can probably tell. But yeah, that's that's my little routine, you guys. And and everything that's really helped me along the way to just alleviate some stress on my end, but also alleviate stress on my client's end as well. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I know I went on several tangents here, but I just wanted to kind of talk you through my mindset, how it's changed, and the things that have helped me. I'm hoping that you can implement at least one of these things and it helps you in some small way. So feel free to send me a message at Femme Collective Studio on Instagram. I would love to hear about if you're struggling with sales calls, if there are any tips and tricks that I didn't go over that you'd like to hear about, just let me know. And other than that, let's take a couple minutes here, like always, to be grateful. So the three things that I'm grateful for right now are just the the tools that I've learned over years of experience that have helped alleviate my anxiety. I'm incredibly grateful for all of you because without you, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Um, and just to everyone, the the four or five of you specifically that DM'd me this past week for mentorship calls truly about this subject um, and about just calls in general and alleviating your anxiety throughout the client process. Um, thank you so much for, for that idea to talk about this. I'm hoping that it helps other people. And then the third thing I'm grateful for is Ben and I are going to be working on our front yard this weekend. I'm super excited. I'm a big gardener. So I'm excited that there's really nice weather happening finally today. It's been storming all week and we are going to most likely go to the garden center and figure out what we're going to plant this weekend. 
All right, so that's my three things I'm grateful for. Take some time right now, even if it's 30 seconds, to think about three quick things you're grateful for or text someone that you love them or that you're grateful for them because you just can't say that stuff enough. All right, thank you so much for taking an hour out of your day to spend with me. Let me know if you have any questions or any future topics, and I will see you next week on Wednesday. Bye, you guys.